The views, information, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the speakers and do not represent Holding Short Media nor any organization that the speakers have been, currently are, or will be affiliated with. Welcome to the Holding Short Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Matheson. Today, we are joined by Riley Henry. Riley is a 21-year-old pilot from Kitchener, Ontario, who just completed his CPL out of Waterloo International Airport. Riley began dreaming of being a pilot at age eight, and by 12, he joined the Royal Canadian Air Cadets. After three years with the Air Cadets, he knew that flying was something he wanted to pursue professionally. He started his flight training at Sioux College in 2018, and after a year, ended up returning back to Waterloo, where he continued his training. Riley currently works for a medevac operator as an aircraft groomer and hopes to start his career with them before pursuing a flying role at an airline. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Riley created the Flare Aviation Podcast, which allowed him to stay connected with the aviation community and continue to learn and grow as an aviator. As he moves forward with his training, his main goal is to continue learning as much as possible and taking every opportunity to become the best aviator he can be. I am so excited to have him joining me today. Welcome, Riley. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on the show today. Is it a bit bizarre being in the opposite seat this time? Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's uh, definitely weird, but it's interesting to have for sure. It's uh, it's a different change, but it's a it's a good change. And with that, we will jump right on in. How did you get your start in aviation? So um, as a kid, I went to a lot of air shows and things like that. Um, I just kind of had this this interest in aviation um, kind of ever since I was about seven or eight, I had a, my mom's cousin actually had a plane and uh, just casually one time asked if my family wanted to go flying and we were like, sure. And I'd never been up in a plane, never really had an interest in flying. And uh, we went up and he put me in like the right seat of this little Cessna. And right away I was just like, Whoa, like, this is so cool. I didn't actually know, like there was this side to, to aviation and you know that you could actually go up and just casually fly around areas like this and uh, I was about like eight years old and I just kind of fell in love with it and we would kind of go up once a year after that pretty much and I'd always bug my parents like can we go can we go I just want to go fly again so I joined the air cadets when I was about 12 years old Um, I stayed in air cadets for about three years and during the whole time that I was in cadets, I, I wanted to still go out and be a pilot after. Um, but kind of near the end, once I got out of high school, I was kind of sitting there like, is aviation a, a realistic career to take? It's a huge commitment just to get all your licenses, to get everything done. Um, it, it's a huge commitment just in general. And um, I kind of ended up second guessing myself near the latter half of high school and decided that, oh, no, like, even though my whole life I've wanted to go into this, I was thinking like, hmm, I was like, maybe I'll go into a trade where I'm working with my hands and stuff like that, or I'll, you know, go into something with sports. And I got out of high school and I decided, oh, I'm going to go into like plumbing. I was like, there's a lot of good money there, whatever. So I went to this uh, union did a uh, aptitude test, got pretty much all set up to go in and be a plumber. And 
my birthday's in December. So I was, I had to wait pretty much till I was 18 years old to actually go in and work for these people. And they told me right after like, oh, we can't hire you till you're 18. So from that point, I think it was like the summertime when I found this out from that point to December, I kind of had this like awakening moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't want to get to December and go into this career. Like I, I want to go in and be a pilot. I, I pretty much had to realize that like September was already too close to apply to go to a school. So I pretty much had to get a job and just work really hard to save up money. And um, the following year, I applied for college up in Sault Ste. Marie and I got in, um, ended up moving up to like uh, Sault Ste. Marie for about a year. I attended the college there for aviation. Um, after the first year, it was just, uh, it was pretty slow uh, with flying and everything just because they'd just come off the strike, that huge college strike that happened. So I only ended up getting about seven hours from like January to May. So I pretty much decided like, I want to progress my career a little bit quicker so that I'm flying more than like a few hours in a huge span. So I moved back home and decided to do my training out of the local airport here, but just as a standalone student so that I could still work as I go. Um, and that was really good. So I pretty much, I worked really hard, just training as much as possible. Um, picked up a job at a grocery store here. Um, we, uh, we were pretty much prepping me for my PPL flight test. And then right, I mean, maybe three, four weeks before everything started shutting down, I was getting booked for flight tests, but we kept getting canceled because of like 30 knot winds and like clouds were too low, all this stuff. So I ended up going into the shutdown. I think we shut down for about three months, just waiting for my flight test. And it was just, it was like the worst thing ever because I was just so ready to do it. And I was like, I worked so hard to get up to there. And yeah, it wasn't, it definitely was a bit tough at that point because you just trained so hard. Um, so then over that time, I pretty much just tried to motivate myself as much as possible, just keep my head in the game. And that ended up, um, sparking the idea to do a podcast for myself as well. I was like, it, like we're, we're closed for like three months. I was like, I want to stay in this. I want to not feel like I'm just really complacent by the time I get back. So I was like, what better than starting a podcast or something that I can still interact with people. So um, in April, I believe it was, I started Flare Aviation where I just pretty much um, I felt at the beginning, like I, I wasn't really worthy to make it because I was like, I don't even have a license and I'm going to talk to people who are pretty much way further into aviation than me. So that was something that always scared me about starting it, but I was like, whatever, I'll do it. Um, really good off the bat though, like really different than what I thought it was going to be. And people were actually really open to just doing podcasts and talking about their career and stuff like that. So that kind of helped kind of keep things going during the quarantine and stuff like that and you know, ended up just growing from there um and then yeah so then once I got back into training again it took me about a month I got my PPL out of the way and that was like the best feeling ever um I took a few months just to you know fly and enjoy it instead of just jumping in right away um and then when I was ready I started my night my night riding and then right around that time I actually ended up getting in a an extremely lucky position where pretty much in my interview process, they told me um, 
we'll hire you onto the company once you're done all your flying. Like once you're done all your training, we'll actually start like letting you fly for us. So that was really motivating at that time because I was just getting my night rating about to do the CPL and that whole thing happened. So um, got into the night rating, got that done really quick, um, started the CPL. Um, but yeah, at this point, I'm just just finishing the CPL and then hoping to go into multi-IFR and, you know, clear that out of the way as quickly as possible and start <laughs> flying as, as soon as I can. No, and I mean, you've touched on so many things there, but I'm going to jump around a little bit. The, the Air Cadet program is something that is so influential and I forget the number percentage wise of Canadian pilots that were once air cadets, but it's quite high. Um, And then even just the idea of finding yourself as a young person ready to go out into the world and being so passionate about aviation, but also having other interests and having that moment to balance, Mm -hmm. well, is this really what I want to do? Or could I have a career in something else and have aviation and general aviation be a part of my life as opposed to having it as a career? I, I find that um, I, I'm reminded of some of the questions I had for myself around that age. Totally just jumping around again, you've had both uh, a flight college experience to an extent with flight training and then also doing it privately. There's a lot of pros and cons with doing it both ways. So how do you, or doing it either way. So how do you feel uh, maybe starting out in a flight college environment, maybe influence the way that you went about flying yeah. later on? So the things that I would say for sure that I, I took out of going to to school, like, or doing my aviation stuff through a college for about a year was um, the people that you meet is insane. Like you meet so many different people because you're all pretty much in this stressful situation and you're doing it all together pretty much. So um, they move at a pretty good rate as far as like definitely the classes go like at the beginning especially too you learn really quick that you got to keep up with your studies because when you're flying and studying for a bunch of different classes it can get really hectic so right away you kind of build like a little group of friends and you guys all kind of just help each other out um, which is was really helpful and I mean even coming out of that I still have a lot of those friends now which is good and it's like you can call them up and even with your flight training now it's very uh helpful as far as just bouncing questions off each other and whatever um another thing too is just like you're very you have a lot of things on your plates you learn to multitask a lot during like a flight college situation because you're just doing so many classes so much flying well typically so much flying I didn't end up in the situation where I was flying as much as I wanted to but even at that it was just it was always pretty busy um I would say one thing that I would say was kind of a bit of a con that you would kind of learn later in your career is that everything is kind of not done for you, but it's a bit more scheduled and stuff where when you're doing it by yourself, kind of a standalone situation, you're, you rely on just you alone and you have to develop, like develop those uh, individual skills and be able to kind of sit there and be like, how bad do we want to do this? Right? Like no one's going to schedule us. It's not, semestered like they're not trying to push us through so that we can get everything done by this point it's it comes down to just like your willpower and how much you want to put yourself through it because most kids that are doing standalone are working and stuff like that like you have a job outside of it you're making a bit of money and 
especially in your PPL stage, you're kind of just considered like you're a student, but you're kind of recreational at that point. Like you're building up to that license. And from there you go more professional with it. So the PPL stage um, of flying for me was very much like finding myself from an individual perspective and being like, okay, I have to regulate all this stuff for myself. I have to make sure I know my emergencies. I have to make sure I know all my procedures and my speeds and everything because they're not going to just sit there and help you through it. Where in a college, it's very, um, you're grouped together with so many people that it's very fast paced and you're all working together. And a lot of the time you're not doing stuff just on your own completely, which can be good. But also as you get into the later parts of your career, it comes down to kind of just you and you know, I mean, everyone will start branching off and getting different jobs and you have to be able to take all those skills and apply it. So I found for me, definitely doing it the standalone route was uh, beneficial, but also having that background and being able to make those friends um, that I'm still able to talk to now was also very helpful. Now with the COVID-19 pandemic, you were obviously very close to your PPL and then had to postpone it for three months before you were able to return. What were some of the strategies you used to keep yourself motivated during those three months, aside from having the podcast? Um, so what I would do is I got to a point where at the beginning when it started, I ended up being really complacent. Like I was just sitting there and I was just like so frustrated that it wasn't going anywhere, that it was kind of like, what's the point? Like, what's the point in still continuing my studying? Like, why don't I just pick it up right before I go back in again? Because now at that point, you didn't know how long things were going to be shut down for. Like we closed and it was crazy in general, just to see everything grounded pretty much other than some of the general aviation planes that were just going from like private owners, but the whole world kind of stopped from that sense. And everyone was just like, well, how do I like, what about jobs? Like, how are we going to get jobs? Like, how does this change everything for us? Right. So I kind of got to a point where I wasn't really like continuing my studying. And then I just one day I sat there and I was like, no, like I don't want to stop because I've worked this hard to get here. And I've put so much into this that like, why just let it all go and then be so complacent that I have to spend double the money to get back to where I am and all this stuff. So what I did was, I had a flight sim on my computer. Um, this was before the new one came out too. So it was a bit like old school. And what I did is I wrote out on a notepad, pretty much everything that you would do in the test. So like from the air work, everything, and then below all of it, I would write like how to recover from a spiral dive or something. I would write all the steps and I would write, how do you enter a stall? How do you recover? What flaps do you use? Everything. And I would just, put it around my computer and I would get into a plane in the sim, go up and treat it like a flight test. And I do that like once every two days or whatever. And I would try to just keep doing it so that even though it wasn't realistic as it would be in real life, I was still kind of setting my brain up to be prepared for when I got back and had to do it. And it like, it definitely wasn't easy because you just sit there and you're like, I just keep doing this over and over and we're still not opening. But I found that it was really easy to get back into things when it was done because I just kept myself in the mode that I was at when we shut down. And I just kind of held myself there as much as possible. And 
I would try to plan like cross countries and stuff and do nav logs for just imaginary cross countries just so that my brain was still going with it and like I wasn't feeling like I gave up or anything. And so I just tried to keep going with it as much as possible, as well as doing the podcast, as well as all that stuff. I tried to just stick with it as much as possible and not allow myself to kind of slip off. Now, in July of 2020, as you mentioned, you earned your PPL. Um, and obviously in the middle of a pandemic, no less. What was it like to reach this milestone during a particularly difficult time for the aviation industry? Um, it was definitely a huge weight off my shoulders. It was, there was a lot of confusion as well once I got it because it was just like you work at something so hard to get to this point and then you achieve it and you're like, what do I do now? <laughs> like, I just, I just finished all this stuff and I was like, do I just start my next, like, train, like my next steps of training right away? Do I take some time and just enjoy this? Like, I was in a weird spot because I was just, I pushed myself really hard to get to that point. So it was like, I felt like I was just working towards it, working towards it. And then I had it finally. And I was like, okay, now this feels weird because I just spent so much time trying to get this. And essentially, I just, I found that for me, it was just a huge weight off my shoulders. And it was just kind of a huge realization as to how much you miss like the things that you are privileged to do every day. And like, for me, going and flying was so awesome. And I didn't really realize how much like I took it for granted until things closed for three months. And then when I came back, I was like, I'm never taking this for granted. Like, this is the coolest thing I get to do. So it definitely, um, there was just a sense of like humble moments throughout that where I was just sitting there and I was like, I, I definitely am privileged to be able to get to this point and to have worked so hard to get to this point. And I really just tried to use it to my advantage. And I took people flying. I took some family members flying when we were still allowed to actually bring people up and I just took a few months to enjoy it instead of just going into my next step. But there was a definitely a weird situation at first because I was like, okay, when do I take my first passenger up? Like now I can just like do all these things that I was pretty much restricted to do before I had the license. So it was definitely a cool feeling to have it. And it was also just like a, also a weird moment of like, at what point do I keep going? And like, at what point do I enjoy this? And yeah, I would, I would recommend for anyone that's not just like wanting to get it done, like immediately, like just take even like a month or two weeks and just enjoy having a license, take some people up and kind of just stretch your legs too. That's one thing that I would say, like, for me, I try to do a bunch of cross countries too, at the same time, because I knew I'd need some hour building and stuff or some time building. So I was like, while I'm kind of taking a break here, I'm going to start going to other airports and just exploring the area like as much as possible. So that was one big thing that I tried to do as much as I could is just um, go to a different airport every time and just always explore something so that in the event that I want to go take someone somewhere, I've already been there. I already kind of know the airport and it's not always just new stuff. Um, so yeah, I found that that was definitely beneficial and also at the same time, your time building. So it's like you're having fun, but you're still working towards your goal. And then, yeah. And then after that, I found that even getting the night rating was cool because you still, that doesn't really feel like a lot of work. It's just 
a different type of flying. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was a great feeling getting it done and it was almost like surreal for sure. But, um, it's like the biggest step I think you have into feeling involved in aviation. Like you feel like you're in this club now where you have this license, you can take a small plane up and you can go and just explore the world from like a different view. Now you started the Flare Aviation Podcast in April of 2020. How did this project come to be aside from maybe a little bit of too much time on your hands with the pandemic? Yeah, so I think it was always an idea that I had while I was training. Like I always just wanted to make a mark in aviation somehow. Like I always felt like it was something that I wanted to do at some point, but I never challenged myself enough to do it. Like I was just, I'd always make the excuse that I didn't have my license yet. So I don't want to come off as someone who's just doesn't really know what they're talking about and is trying to have all these conversations. And I would always make these excuses to myself about, Oh, I'm too busy with my training to actually start this, but it was always in the back of my mind. So when the pandemic happened, I just sat there and I was like, we're doing this. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm just going to push myself out of my comfort zone and just put myself out there. And that's kind of how it began. Um, and then I just pretty much decided, Hey, like, let's just, you know, see who wants to do a podcast and go with it pretty much. So I did a few by myself at the beginning. And then I was just like, no, like, let's keep going. I'll, I'll ask somebody else to do it. And I started asking a bunch of different people. And as I was kind of doing them, I would build a bit more confidence every time and feel a bit more comfortable with it. So it made me want to continue doing more. It wasn't like I was just getting scared. So I ended up just finding that I was building like a really good relationship with people that I wouldn't have really known or been able to talk to had I not have done this. And it was cool to be able to see people's perspectives on like the way they fly and the way they do things and also just the careers they'd been through. And like when you're talking to someone who's flown in Los Angeles versus like the UK, it's like two different stories. And that was like fascinating for me to sit there and just have these conversations with two different people who have had totally different flying experiences and learn like what makes them want to do it. And also reflect that on myself and be like, everyone has all these stories and we all kind of at the end of the day love doing this but we're all from these different you know stories and we've all been through different events in our life and stuff that have brought us to this point so I found myself definitely just really finding it enjoyable to to hear all these different stories and I kept going with it and Definitely, I also found I would just start posting a bunch of pictures too. Like once I was back flying again, I was just posting pictures of my flights or I'd set up a GoPro and post some videos of my flight or some like landing videos and people would comment and be like, oh, that's so cool and stuff. And I started to notice that it was just like fun for me to do that. It wasn't even just like, oh, I have to do this again. Like I started to just enjoy having like an account where I could just be an aviation nerd and like people liked it. And it wasn't just like a, my main account that I had just posting aviation stuff all day. So I definitely enjoyed that. And even now at this point with the commercial training, it's, it's gotten a bit busier. Um, and I haven't been able to do as many podcasts as I'd like, but I'm still enjoying the fact that I'm learning things every time. 
and I'm trying as much as I can just to keep furthering the account and keep furthering all the ideas and just always make it better. And if some of them come out and I'm like, Oh, I want to make a change to these certain things. I try to do it better next time and stuff like that. And it's cool because you kind of get to just play around with ideas and stuff like that and just try to make it as interesting for people as you possibly can. And yeah, I definitely just find that it was, it was definitely something that I had to push myself out of my limits to do, but it, it definitely has had a lot of rewards to this point. And it's just something that is, is super enjoyable for me. I can attest and agree with you that, yeah, you, you learn to get better at interviewing, yeah. <laughs> or at least you get a bit more comfortable with doing these interviews. And in your case, you have a particularly multinational and diverse group of guests that have been on. Um, ranging from the United Kingdom, the United States, and the Philippines. Now, how has learning about general aviation in other countries and at an international level maybe changed the way that you think about general aviation in Canada? Um, I think that in some sense, we're definitely in Canada. It seems, from just from having talked to people, that we have a lot more room to do things. Like our flying is like over a lot of farmers fields and things like that where in some other places especially if you're flying in like bigger cities in the states you you're not really dealing with that as much you're dealing with a lot more built up areas of airspace and and such um and just even just different like temperatures and stuff like that when you're talking just like when i had um the guest on from the philippines he was telling me about just how hot it is there and you know, that affects flying in a whole different level for like, as opposed to being in a, a colder region where your engine performance is different, your everything pretty much changes off off just different weather and stuff. And yeah, just honestly, I think having people on from all over has just shown me different parts of flying and, and also the same realm of flying, like we're all flying general aviation for the most part. And yet it's so different like we're all most people are flying 172s and things like that but you go to florida or something like that as opposed to up here and everything changes and you're dealing with different styles of air traffic controls in some places um like nothing's the same everywhere so it also is really interesting having those conversations with people and um even talking to people from the states where their class b is different than our class b and sometimes we're like sitting there and i'm like what do you mean like you were just flying around in class b casually and they're oh class b is is different from canada's class b like things like that make you realize that if, if you were to fly into a totally different region it would be a lot stressful because nothing is really the same and especially the further away you get things change and it's definitely a lot more unfamiliar. No, there is absolutely that difference with Class B airspace versus Canada and then the United States. There's also yeah. a major difference in special VFR done between the FAA and TC. So it's knowing these slight differences that crop up, what they are, where they're applied, and that they even are different than what we are taught and expect that on its own is a little bit of a gift that is unique to coming um, within, that is unique to getting in touch with more and more people uh, throughout aviation on an international scale. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think that also too, just 
talking to some of these people made me almost want to explore some of these different places a lot more and just like it definitely poses a huge challenge for yourself but at the same time you're like i want to experience sort of these these different uh places and these different things because when you get too comfortable almost i guess in a situation and you're used to just flying in the same region it it totally changes because all you want to do is just stick in that one area and i think that it's always good to just as a general note just it's always good to challenge yourself as a pilot and keep you know putting yourself out of your comfort zone as far as even just traveling to different places than going to the same airport for a cross country or something doing different things like that definitely make you a better pilot because you have to start thinking about things from a, a different perspective than you would before if you just knew exactly where you're going you have to do more planning you have to kind of do a lot more learning and stuff like that and that in the end of the day or at the end of the day just makes you a better pilot doing that now has there been a particular guest that has been on your show whose story really stuck with you uh yeah i would say i think most of them in general have for sure um but I'll kind of give a quick shout out right now to this 17 year old kid named Travis that I had on and he's from the UK. And as we speak, he's doing a flight around the world. Um, I believe he's in the States right now. So he's flown all the way from the UK through Russia, all that. And he's, I believe in the States. Um, he pretty much, when I saw his account and I saw the, like what he was doing, it kind of put me in a situation where I was like, oh my God, like I can't imagine being this young and trying, first of all, just trying to set a record, like what he's trying to do, but also just the planning that goes into that. And that's a whole nother level of pushing yourself out of a comfort zone because there's a difference between, you know, kind of knowing an area going like 150 nautical miles north and just being like, oh, I have to make sure that they have fuel here if I need all this stuff. And there's a difference from that to I'm going to go into Russia and go to some airport I've never seen. And, you know, nothing's near my home. I mean, I have to stay at hotels, stuff like that. And just doing what he's doing, that definitely stuck with me because it showed me like, if you have the willpower to do these things and you're able to kind of put your mind to it and have these goals, you can pretty much do anything. Like, and that definitely, I, I've kind of, you know, thought about his story and I've been kind of following his flying that he's been doing around the world. And that's definitely one that stuck out because I was just like, I mean, I'm 21 and there's, you know, certain cross countries that I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty tough. And I can't imagine myself, you know, just going around the world in a Cessna and, you know, feeling super comfortable about doing that. Like, so definitely I would say hats off to him for doing that and attempting to set a record but I think for the most part like everybody has such unique stories that I think that everybody I've talked to so far has just been so nice about coming on been so like willing to share their story that I've definitely like all of them have really stuck out and I've definitely just thought about you know how cool all their stories are and put myself kind of in their shoes and kind of seen like how their journey was and for me aviation is just cool in general so I find like all these stories are just so interesting and just everyone coming from different walks of life and just seeing 
where they are now is just interesting for me, for sure. I can only speak from my own experiences, but it is really interesting seeing where your guests go afterwards and keeping yeah. up with them and seeing what's going on, how their career is progressing, how that cross country around the world that they're doing is progressing. Um, and it's also just a lot of fun getting to just have a pleasant discussion with people about aviation and what makes it for them such a, pa such a passion and what got them into aviation. I, I always love just getting to know more about other pilots and just people in the aviation in industry overall in terms of sort of what is it for them that makes all of this so wonderful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely interesting because there's a lot of times where it's like if you if you don't know a lot of people in the community you feel like you're just that one person that just talks about flying all the time and like it's always weird because everyone else is just like oh man here we go again like another story and stuff but once you start connecting with people who also have like similar stories or you know can add stuff to it and you can just sit there and have a whole conversation or even just doing podcasts like this like you you're both able to sit there and talk about this and it's not boring for both people and then that's when it's cool because you can share all these stories and all these things that you've been through and you have similar passions which makes it really interesting for sure even listening to other podcasts you like what I find cool is like when you have your own podcast and you also like see what other aviation podcasts are like and you're able to be like okay like this is this is cool how they they run it like this and stuff like that and you're able to like just see how how many people are doing this sort of thing and how cool it is that you know so many people are creating these communities and everyone is just interested in listening to them and like taking the time out of their day to actually hear about other people's stories and coming from a perspective of trying to get into doing aviation podcasts you were probably also a fan of aviation podcasts found yourself doing one or at the very beginning of one and thought, who else is doing this and how are they doing it? And learning more about other aviation podcasters and then suddenly getting to interact with them and learning how they're doing their shows, how they edit, how they invite guests on the show. It's so interesting that I find other aviation podcasts are so generous with sharing the ins and outs of how they do something uh, and are more than happy to include you in how they go about their episodes. Oh, exactly. It's, and like I said earlier too, like, it's just, it's such a small world and it's very cool how people kind of are, it's just very chill. Like everyone's cool to interact, you know, everyone's like very willing to talk about their experiences and stuff like that. And I've, I've found that for the most part, most people that I've asked, like, oh, would you like to join me for a podcast, whatever, they're like very willing to just come on and be like, sure, I'd love to share my story and stuff like that. And it makes it really easy on our end, because it's like, it's just such a, for the most part, it's just such a good community. And there's way more good than bad, I find. And it just makes it very enjoyable to, to have a podcast like this, because there's so many people who are just willing to actually go out and talk about these sorts of things and at the end of the day it makes a big difference for people too especially I find if you're like a young pilot and you just you're trying to hear different stories about you know how people go about their business with flying and even just the opportunities that are with flying too like when you talk to people that are in different uh 
kind of strands of aviation, you learn like the different jobs you can go into and the just how many opportunities there are other than even just the airlines. Now, touching on that idea of the different facets of aviation beyond just what you maybe sometimes see presented only in mainstream aviation, what importance do you place on networking and the idea of community within aviation? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really important to put yourself out there for sure and try to network yourself. Like I think aviation as a whole is pretty much based off of networking and I mean, most of the time, the jobs that you end up getting into are a lot of just you putting yourself out there and, you know, presenting yourself as someone who people would want to hire and off that and off sort of connections that you have and people knowing your reputation and stuff like that, you end up getting into these situations where it only really goes up from there. So I think networking is extremely important and even just having podcasts like this, it's a great way to network and it's a great way to kind of just show people kind of who you are as a pilot and, you know, that you're willing to learn more about people and you, you want to explore the industry as much as possible. So I think that's really important. And yeah, just communicating with people is really big. Um, having that experience of going to college was big for me too, because I was able to communicate with a lot of people that at the end of the day, like everyone's working towards the same goal and not everyone's going to want to go to the airlines or want to go here or there. So you end up having a bunch of friends that are in different jobs and stuff like that. And through that, you're also networking. And yeah, I would say in a job like aviation, networking is, is absolutely key. And it's, kind of a make or break situation as far as even just getting certain jobs and whatnot, because it's all about reputation and people being able to know that they can trust you and that you are even just responsible enough to, you know, take a billion dollar plane up and fly it and stuff like that. And if they have that communication with you beforehand and they know the type of person you are and they know that you, you are responsible and you're, someone who is good for a job like that networking becomes pretty much a key to getting into the industry for sure now who is someone in aviation you admire and why i would probably say my instructor to be honest um the situation that he came into when i when i got him um because i switched instructors halfway through my ppl the situation that he pretty much got me in was like get this kid to PPL like he's already done all the training and you pretty much just have to you don't know each other but try to figure out where he's at and get him to PPL and I think that even going into that first flight with him I thought that that's very stressful for him and I was like that's gonna be really tough because he's never flown with me and he doesn't know who I am as a pilot and even as a person and I think that I really look up to the way he flies and the way he does things because no matter what he's always trying to make his students better and he's someone who's not just in it for the money um i know like i've seen it before with other students and stuff where instructors just want to go get their work done get paid and go home and that's just how they want to do things and i've i've also seen it the opposite way with a few instructors as well where they really just don't care what time it is if you need help call them they're going to sit there and they're going to try to do their very best to make sure that you understand it so that aviation doesn't seem like this really scary thing or something that's really hard to understand. And 
uh, my instructor, he, uh, he's flown in like three separate countries before this. He flew in Malaysia, he flew in Dubai, he flies here now and just seeing his experience levels and just the things that he's taken, even just from talking to people who've flown all over the world, being able to fly with somebody who's had these separate experiences flying in different regions and seeing how he approaches things um, is really interesting to me. And I just, I definitely just respect how he is as a pilot and just that he always pushes his students. Even, even if you are doing a flawless job, he always wants to make you better. And he always wants to sit there and take the time to make sure that you feel as comfortable as possible. And I would say I definitely, out of everyone that I've met in aviation, probably look up to him the most as far as uh, like a pilot perspective. Now, what does the future hold for the Flare Aviation Podcast? Um, I think that for the most part, just growing as much as possible and just being able to put out as much awareness as possible in aviation and just become a platform where people can just learn new stuff about aviation and about other people's journeys and stuff like that. And really just something where, you know, people can go to be inspired or people can go just to, you know, look at things from a different perspective. Um, and even just to see like things through my journey that I try to post. Um, and just to know that, you know, everyone has different stages of flying. Everyone has different paths to where they're going. And I think the best thing about doing podcasts like this is that it shows that it's not easy like everybody has trials and tribulations through their training and no matter whether you do your PPL perfectly, you'll have stuff later that will come out and you'll have to sit there and be frustrated with it to figure out a solution. And I think the best thing about podcasts in general and things like this is that you can go on and listen to these things and realize that everyone goes through different issues with aviation and everyone goes through struggles with training and things like that and it's how you come out of it and how you bounce back and things like that that keep you going forward so I think that the biggest thing is just growing growing the podcast continuing uh, to move it forward and just being able to put stories out there for people so that they know that you know other people are doing the same thing other people you know have achieved different goals um, from doing things a certain way or from going through harder situations and that you know anything's possible as long as you just you know keep going at it and keep pushing yourself to move forward now would you please share with me a favorite memory or highlight from any point in your flying so far i would say flying around toronto at night was a probably a huge highlight for me um because i think that for the most part as a kid um just living in the area that I'm from I'm like about an hour away from Toronto so you go there as a kid you know a couple times a year you go to Toronto Blue Jays games and you go you go to the city a few times and you kind of see like wow like that's such a big city and then you go through you get your training done and I remember sitting there and just always seeing like jets fly over and things like that and just thinking like every time I go up, all I have to do is train and these people get to go see all different parts of the world. And like, 
I remember just sitting there being like, I just want to start exploring things and I want to not always be training when I go flying. And I think that I pushed myself to just keep training, keep training, get things done. And eventually one day you'll be able to enjoy just taking a plane up and not having to go train. And once I got my night rating done and once I started kind of being able to explore a little bit more, I remember doing like my, my first night flight in Toronto and just sitting there and thinking like, wow, like this is actually happening. I'm over this huge city that I remember just seeing from the ground level as a kid and as a teenager and stuff. And now I'm flying over it and getting to see it from a different perspective was definitely really cool. And um, probably other than that, another one would just be with COVID and everything that happened, I got to uh, fly over Toronto Pearson and do a flyover. And that was probably like a once in a lifetime thing that I was able to do. So it's, that was definitely something that was really big. Um, just getting to see all these like huge planes on the ground and you're just a little 172 going over this like massive runway was, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's mostly just been, you know, the adventures and the experiences that have been really awesome. Cause it shows you that, you know, all the hard work does pay off at some point. And even if you have bigger goals in the career, like there's, they're going to pay off eventually. And it's just getting to that point. That's just such a good feeling and being able to actually realize that you put in the work and you put in so much effort and now you get to just enjoy the views and you get to, you know, do the stuff that you wanted to do sort of thing. I think so many of us that do flight training in Ontario have had the opportunity to fly to Toronto at some point. And the first time you go to Toronto at night, it's definitely something. It's yeah. It's just such a different perspective. And the, the lights are what get me the most. It's so crazy because when you're doing night flying in Ontario, especially Southern Ontario, it's just like little blobs of lights and it's just little cities, but then you just see Toronto and that's a whole nother. That's, that's just crazy because it's like, it feels almost like you're doing a like a flight in the day because of how bright things are and how much you can actually see in front of you and stuff compared to just flying in the complete dark. So yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely, if you fly in Ontario, one of like the biggest things you get to do and one of the coolest things you actually get to do, especially once you get the PPL done and your instructor takes you there for the first time, or you just go out exploring and yeah, it's gotta be, you know, probably one of the coolest things I've been able to do so far. Now, before we wrap up today, where can our listeners find you on social media? So Flare Aviation pretty much uh, just operates from our Instagram as kind of like a main hub. Um, and then from there, we kind of branch off into a few other things. We have a few links um, for our merch and stuff like that that are just found in our, our bio. Um, so the handle for the Instagram is at Flare underscore aviation, just all lowercase. Um, and then everything that isn't found on there can be found in the link that's in the bio. And we will be sure to have that link in the episode description for our listeners. Riley, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been an amazing time getting to chat and uh, definitely share my experiences from the uh, opposite side of things. <laughs> The Holding Short Podcast is a production of Holding Short Media. The show is written and hosted by me, Laura Matheson, and edited and produced by Cameron Bokoff. Our music is an original composition of Riley Searle. 
If you would like to learn more about the show, the Holding Short podcast is on Instagram and Facebook at Holding Short Media. Please subscribe, rate, and review us. Thank you.